so good to be with you uh, today. If you're a guest, my name's John. I'm one of the pastors here. And uh, we're starting a new series today, uh, a series titled Healthy Habits, Predictable Patterns for Spiritual Growth. And I, re- I remember the idea for this came out of a staff conversation we were having. And I, I was peppering the team with questions. Hey, where do, you, where do you feel like people are at right now? What's, what do people need? Where is Fifth Reformed Church at? And what would be helpful for us now? And we talked about that a, a little bit. And um, I think it was Pastor Sam. Pastor Sam. That has a nice ring, doesn't it? <laughs> Congratulations, Sam. Just ordained last Sunday. Um, I think it was Pastor Sam who said something like, I just think people are trying to recover their rhythms. And that just seemed to get some traction in our staff team. And we just started talking about that. Like, yeah, I mean, the, the last few months have been strange for multiple reasons, right? And, and has generated a whole lot of feelings uh, in us. Um, I, I don't know how you're feeling. Maybe right now you're feeling more centered than ever, uh, you know, in a, in a spiritual sweet spot. Maybe you're feeling more disconnected than ever. Um, maybe somehow the last couple years uh, you feel like have thrown you off your, your kind of spiritual game in some sense, or maybe personally or emotionally you feel derailed a little bit. Maybe you feel like you need to recover uh, the old devotional rhythms that you had. Maybe you feel like you never really had any that you felt were sufficient, but you know you need them now. Uh, maybe you feel like you're stuck in a rut spiritually you're going to be really honest and you feel like you've been there for a long time and if we were kind of playing cards on the table you would have to say yeah my life honestly feels more like a spiritual desert than kind of the biblical images of a river of life or a a tree of life you know that's generative and alive you know maybe you're ready to take a first step with God and you've been reluctant to do that maybe you're ready to take the next step with God, to go deeper, further up and further in, as C.S. Lewis says in the last battle, the Chronicles of Narnia. Or maybe you find yourself in a place in life where you're being, being challenged to push all in, to move to that place of holding nothing back. And it's a leap of faith you've been considering and you know that if you take that step, uh, like unless God shows up, to guide and provide and move in power, it will be an utter failure. But you're, you're being called to that step. It kind of doesn't matter where we are individually for a series like this because it, it really plays to everyone because it's a back-to-basics kind of thing. I mean, for the football player, this would be blocking and tackling. For the basketball player, shooting free throws. For the musician, practicing scales. You know, getting back to the basics, healthy habits, which if practiced can become predictable patterns in our lives that set us before the Lord so that Jesus can transform us. Because we can't do that. We're not qualified for that job, right? So wherever you're at, I want to submit that this is for you. And it's not new. And this is not rocket science, right? Christians for centuries have known that if any of us want to grow spiritually, to move forward with the Lord, We have to behave differently by fostering new spiritual habits. Kind of that classic line, one definition of insanity is trying the same thing over and over and expecting different results. Like if we want a life that looks different than our life looks now, 
we have to behave differently. And that's the hardest thing, really. You know, our, our spiritual lives can very much fall victim to this pattern of trying the same thing and expecting different results. I don't, I don't know if you've experienced this. I know that I have. In terms of grappling with the, the, the habitual sin that's part of our life, that, that is a, a, a reality for all of us. We tend to think that by our, our own strength, our own willpower, we'll be able to overcome this in some way. And we, we try really hard. We try really hard to avoid sin. And then we fail and we pray and we hop back right on that same bus again, trying really hard to avoid sin, hoping that this time maybe it will deliver different results. And it doesn't because we're trying to do this in our own strength and that never works in, in our life with God. And the truly crazy thing is that we don't just try it one more time or two more times. Like we're on the 10th, we're on the 50th time. Just maybe it'll work. Gladly, there is a much different and better way to follow Jesus. And in this series, we're gonna focus on eight, uh, you know, in Christian circles, they're known as spiritual disciplines. Eight healthy habits, which again, if practiced, foster spiritual growth and can become a, a kind of predictable pattern for us. So healthy habits keep our eyes fixed on Jesus, help us grow in faith. And the habit today that we're thinking about is reflecting on scripture, reflecting on scripture. So let's listen to a couple passages of scripture as we think about that. Uh, the first is from Romans chapter 12, verse two. This is what the apostle Paul wrote. Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. And then this from Ephesians to Ephesians 5, uh, verses 25 to 27. Husbands, love your wives just as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her to make her holy, cleansing her, by the washing with water through the word and to present her to himself as a radiant church without stain or wrinkle or any other blemish, but holy and blameless. Friends, indeed, this is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. So back in, uh, back in 2010, there was a big study done of North American churches. And the goal of this study was to to try to determine, to try to put some process uh, toward analyzing what, what causes spiritual growth to happen in people? What catalyzes this? What uh, initiates it and, and kind of triggers actual spiritual growth in people? And you want to know what they found? The number one catalyst, the, the, the primary personal spiritual practice that fosters the greatest spiritual growth is personal reflection on scripture. Now, across all levels of Christian maturity, this was true. Personal reflection on scripture was at least twice as impactful on triggering, causing, catalyzing spiritual growth than any other spiritual practice a person could engage. Now, if you're a follower of Jesus, which I know most of us gathered in this room are, and you know the Bible a bit, you're thinking, well, we didn't need a study to tell us that. Like, we, we know that already because as followers of Jesus, we believe some stuff about the Bible. Like this, the grass withers and the flowers fade, but the word of our God will stand forever. Your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. 
All scripture is inspired by God and useful for teaching, for reproof, for correction, and for training in righteousness. I love the word for correction there. That's the same word that is translated orthopedic. It's to set right something that's broken, to set a broken bone straight. God's word corrects, heals, sets straight those things that are broken in us. Uh, and this from Hebrews. Indeed, the word of God is living and active, sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing until it divides soul from spirit, joints from marrow. It is able to judge the thoughts and intentions of the heart. You know, the whole trajectory of scripture tells us that God wants to be known. God wants to be loved and worshiped and to be in an active, ongoing relationship with us whom he has created And God reveals himself to us through scripture. God makes himself known through scripture. Here's the way Hebrews puts it. Long ago, God spoke to our ancestors in many and various ways by the prophets, but in these last days, he has spoken to us by a son. You know, the Bible contains both the record of those prophets who are of long ago and the accounts of Jesus, God's best revelation to us. The Bible is the small W word of God, Jesus, the capital W word of God, right? I know, I know, again, for the vast majority of you, I'm not telling you anything you don't already know. The Bible is God's word. There's more to say about why we believe that, but that's not the point of this message. The point of this message is this. If you're going to do one thing to pursue spiritual growth in Christ, begin reflecting on Scripture. Make that a habit, a predictable pattern in life. You know, back in, in 2020, we read through the entire Bible as a church, or at least some of us took up that challenge. And, and I heard from many of you who did about what a meaningful experience that was. Some, some had never read the entire Bible before, and that was kind of the first time. And it's a long haul, right? But, but a fruitful one. And that's a great practice to read through the scripture in the year. But that's not necessarily this. You can read through the entire Bible and not really reflect on it. Reflecting is slowing down to read the text, to think about what it actually says. What's it saying? What does it mean? How does this apply to me today? You know, that kind of engagement with the Bible. And that, that's reflecting. That's what Paul meant in that verse from Romans that we read uh, uh, just a moment ago, Romans 12, 2. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Um, now, to reflect on that passage a bit, we might engage this kind of process. Huh, interesting prefixes. Aren't they conformed and transformed? What's up with that? Well, the prefix con means with. So to be conformed means to be formed in a way that brings you into alignment with something else. This is the sculptor with the clay, you know, making the, the, the face, the bust, look like the person who's sitting there as a model for them. This is the, the painter who's doing a still life. You know, you're, you want the painting to look like the bowl of pears. You're conforming the, the painting to look like the, the actual uh, uh, bowl of pears itself. That, that's being conformed to something. But to be transformed is something completely different. See, the prefix trans means across, like a transatlantic flight. You, you cross something. So to be transformed means to be formed in a way that moves you across something from one place to another. 
So what Paul is saying here to us as followers of Jesus is don't be molded to look like the world and all of its values. Don't be made into that image, but instead be transformed. Be formed in a way that moves you into a new place, into a new space where you cross a line of faith. Right? That's the process of transformation spiritually. How do we do that? Paul says, by renewing your minds. Be transformed formed in a way where you cross a line by the renewing of your minds. So how are our minds renewed? That's what Paul was getting at in Ephesians 5. Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her in order to make her holy by cleansing her with the washing of water by the word. The washing of water by the word. Right? The word of God cleanses us. And that, that, that's true in multiple ways. But the one we're talking about now is the washing of the word that renews us and makes our minds fresh again in Christ. You know, that helps in our transformation. It, it helps us move across into a new place, a new space, to be more the kingdom people who we really are, right? But the only way we can be washed in the word is if we're in the word, right? If we're reflecting on scripture, if we're hearing the word. But of course, hearing the word isn't the only part Getting God's word in us is the first part, but that's not the end of it, says James. He writes this, but be doers of the word, not merely hearers who deceive themselves. For if any are hearers of the word and not doers, they are like those who look at themselves in a mirror, for they look at themselves and on going away, immediately forget what they were like. But those who look into the perfect law, the law of liberty, and persevere, being not hearers who forget, but doers who act, they will be blessed in their doing. We like to make following Jesus complicated and easy when in fact it is simple and hard. Can I say that again? We like to make following Jesus complicated and easy when in fact it is simple and hard. What makes it hard? The hard part is that we're actually supposed to act on the word. We're supposed to change, respond, right? The rhythm of following Jesus is one of revelation and response. You will see that throughout the scripture. You will experience that on a Sunday morning in this service. That's the template from our, for our service. I hope you know that. We approach God in, in worship. We hear the word of God and then we respond to the word. That's the very simple flow of all reformed worship. You know, revelation and response. God speaks and we are called to do something about it. If you take the little sermon note page out of your morning worship guide and flip to the back side, you'll see questions. The two very bottom questions are the same every week. I hope you've noticed them. They're, the, they're there for a reason. What is God saying to you? And what are you going to do about it? Revelation and response. Because each of us as a follower of Jesus is called to hear the word and do the word. It's Jesus a parable of the wise and foolish builders again. I know I've said this a couple times over the past few months. Remember that? One built on sand and when the waters rose, his house was washed away. One built on rock. When the storm came, his stood the test. 
And the only distinguishing feature between the two was not that one heard the word and the other didn't. They both heard the word, but the wise builder put it into practice. That's line straight from the scripture, right, right from Jesus' story. The wise builder put the word into practice. The foolish builder didn't. So one biblical definition of foolishness is hearing God's word and doing nothing about it. See, revelation and response. So every Christian should be asking, what is God saying to me and what am I going to do about it? This is kind of discipleship 101. But the doing part is the hard part, right? The obedience part is the hard part. It's always the hard part. So God's word's powerful. We know that. We're called not just, just to be hearers of the word, but to be doers of the word as well. And the single most powerful thing we can do to follow Jesus more actively is to reflect on scripture, to read the text of the Bible and to soak in it, to ask ourselves, what what does it mean? What's it saying to me? So in this series, I'm trying really hard to keep the theoretical stuff small and the practical stuff large. So what, what, what should we do? Here it is, the habit of reflecting. Step one, pray. As you open the Bible to read, pray. Ask God to pour out the Holy Spirit on you and to speak to you through scripture. Why do we start with prayer? Not because it's a magic incantation that somehow leverages from God's hand something he doesn't want to give us, but because we know that if we are going to come to know anything about God, if we're going to come to know God better, it will be because God reveals it to us, not because we figure it out on our own. Massive important thing to understand. Christians believe more in revelation than in human reason. Massively countercultural, right? Because we live in a world that trusts human reason. And what we're seeking when we're reflecting on Scripture is God's revelation. So I have to ask, Lord, would you speak? Would you reveal yourself to me? R- remember what Jesus said. He told the story. Uh, which of you good fathers, when, when your kid asks you for a gift, is going to give him something terrible like a scorpion? I'm I'm paraphrasing in a big way here. And and then Jesus says, how much more will your heavenly father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask? The best gift, the gift of himself. How much more will God give the Holy Spirit to those who ask? Are you in the rhythm of asking God to pour out the Holy Spirit upon you? Because Jesus said, He wants to do that. He delights in that. He will do that. So as you come to scripture, ask God to pour out the spirit on you. Pray. Step two, read. Read a passage with the expectation that you will be changed by it. Right? That you will be changed by it. Remember, the goal is not for you to get all the way through the Bible. The goal is for the Bible to get all the way through you. So when you read it, don't see what you already know. Ask God to help you know what you're seeing. Right? Massively important. Set yourself before God's word with the expectation that God will speak and you will be changed. This is, this is the biblical concept of repentance, right? Jesus' first two imperatives that he gave us, the first words of his public ministry, the kingdom of God has, has drawn near, repent and believe the good news. Repent, biblically, does not mean simply stop doing the bad stuff you know you're doing, though it does include that. Repent means change your thinking, Change your whole perspective. 
Let the word of God change your understanding of what's going on in life right now, of what's happening in your personal experience right now, of how you should respond to this right now. As you open the text of the scripture, come with a repentant spirit. Spirit of expectation is what that means. Step three, meditate. Reread the passage slowly, maybe out loud. Think about every word and the meaning each word brings to what's being said. Imagine your way into the story if you can, if it's that kind of, of text in the Bible. Slow down and ask the very simple questions. What does the text say? What does the text mean? And how does it apply to me in my life right now? Again, simple and hard, right? Slow down. What does it say? What does it mean? How does it apply to me right now? And that apply to me right now leads to the fourth step. Step four, focus. Focus on one thought or verse to take with you for the day. Just one thing. You know, I, I often go, the, the thing that works for me is the where, where did it resonate or where did it rub? You know, resonate. Where did it, where did something trigger all sorts of other thoughts or maybe a, a flood of other verses came into my mind when I read that or, or a situation came to mind and, and it just, it, you know, there was a lot more there than I expected, if that makes sense. Where did it resonate? Or where did it rub? You know, where do you feel like the text kind of poked you and you said, ouch. I mean, take, the, take those with you, right? Focus on one thing for the day and, and take it with you. Hold it in front of you for the day. Don't let it just zip by. Marinate in it, right? And then finally, step five, record. Determine how to preserve what you gained through revelation. God is revealing himself to us, to the world, for the purpose that everyone might know him and come home to him. So how will you remember and not forget? I know that I can't trust my memory. Like, what, what works for you? Will you write it down? Maybe you need to memorize the verse, commit it to memory, hold it in your heart. Maybe uh, it's a thought from there that needs to be on a sticky note on your, on your mirror. Maybe you put it in Google Keep on your phone. Maybe, I don't know. How, how do you remember, right? And not forget. So we can do this, right? Simple and hard is following Jesus. Let's try this this week. If you're not in a regular habit of reflecting on scripture daily, I, I invite you, I challenge you to try this. And I would love, if you start trying it, I'd love to know how it's going. I'd love feedback on this. Are you trying these things? Are, are, are we engaging them? And again, this stuff is not rocket science. It's very simple, been around for centuries. Christians know these ways. The thing is doing it. That's the thing. One more important detail. Um, do this at the beginning of the day. I know some people say, just find a devotional time, whatever works for you. Yeah, whatever. That never works. <laughs> and you know it. It just doesn't. You got to do this before the day gets away from you. Now, it's not bad to have a devotional time at night. I'm not saying that, right? I'm just saying there's something about the day, right? When it gets, when it gets rolling... Man, the fog sets in. At least it does for me. I get, I get wrapped up in it. And I, I'm not able to get, have that one thing in front of me for the day. I, I picked up a book not long ago called The Common Rule by an author named Justin Whitmull Early. And with regard to reflecting on scripture, his, 
uh, his kind of personal habit, his spiritual practice is titled Scripture Before Phone. <laughs> Ouch. Here's the way he describes it. Refusing to check the phone until after reading a passage of scripture is a way of replacing the question, what do I need to do today with a better one? Who am I and who am I becoming? We have no stable identity outside of Jesus. Daily immersion in the scriptures resists the anxiety of emails, the anger of news, and the envy of social media. Instead, it forms us daily in our true identity as children of the King dearly loved. So your mission this week, if you choose to accept it, scripture before phone. And if you're thinking, I don't even have a smartphone, thank the Lord for that. (laughs) Uh, And you get the idea. Scripture before you dive into your day, before you look at the calendar, before you think, what do I have to do? How am I supposed to produce today? Just have some time with Jesus. Not talking hour-long devotion here. I'm talking five or 10 minutes. Just pray, read, meditate, focus, record. Just try it. If the rhythm of following Jesus is revelation and response, then we have to be in touch with what God is saying before we can respond. You're reflecting on scripture, the most important single spiritual practice we can engage, and I invite you to it. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Let's pray. God, thank you for your goodness to us. Uh, Thank you for your love for us. Thank you that you are working in us by your spirit to make us like you, to make our hearts Uh, to to break at all the things that break your heart in this world and to empower us to do something about it. Uh, God, keep that up in us. Help us as we look to scripture. Speak to us. Help us learn your voice better. Help us hear what you're saying. And God, pour out your spirit on us that you might give us a courage and endurance and energy to follow you, to obey, to engage. Thank you, Lord. We love you. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen.